Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. And of course, this is your only source for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate recovery. And guys, as we've been telling you, and we'll tell you every single day, and hopefully the thousands of you listening now and in replay are internalizing this, we are at the very beginning stages of what will be an incredible market, a 7- to 10-year incredible market. And so do everything you can in your power to make the most of this real estate boom. And today we have a very special co-host. First of all, of course, I want to introduce and welcome everyone uh, to uh, welcome Julie back. Julie, are you on? Thank you. I am. It's a pleasure to be here as always. And our special co-host today for today's show is, of course, Mr. Luis Ortiz from uh, the Bravo TV show Million Dollar Listing New York. So, Luis, welcome to the uh, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you very much for having me. So, Luis, we are really looking forward to talking with you because you definitely bring a different flavor to that show in that you are. Um, someone, I think, what would be. How long have you been in the real estate business? It's, you haven't been in it for have, your whole life. I started. I started in real estate. No, I started in real estate in 2008. Pretty much as soon as the market crashed, that's when I jumped into real estate. So I was. <laughs> I was forced, I, I was. I was. Yeah, it was very. In fact, you know what? I'm. I'm very glad that I started at that particular time because uh, it was. It was much harder. You needed to push yourself even more to first get in, inside the industry and second, being able to uh, to make a living out of it. Uh, and, you know, once you're trained in, in such a hard environment, then everything else, you know, when things pretty much uh, become stable, you've already been through the worst. So I'm happy I did. Well, that's true. That's definitely true. I mean, you definitely were able to sharpen your teeth in what will be probably remembered as the worst real estate market in all of our lifetimes. You know, yes. You were, able to, you were able to succeed during what will be, you know, remembered as another Great Depression. So that you are absolutely correct. That's a great mindset. I appreciate that. By yeah, the way, we... You know, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that uh, that you know it's when it, when you had a great market like 2006, where there was especially in New York City in the luxury uh, market, uh, you you had a lot of uh, sight unseen purchases from 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 foreign buyers, uh, India and Russia, where they were just you know looking at floor plans of uh, before offering plans were approved, and people were buying bulks of apartments. Just you know, it was part of the pool. Uh, when when everything crashed, and that's when I started, pretty different uh, marketing strategy to first market yourself uh, and, and be able to earn that credibility, and second, uh, being able to uh, to market your product. If you didn't have one, you had to find out a way to, 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 to make it happen. So, very exciting. So, Luis, what a lot of people don't know about you, you've got a very interesting background. Uh, you know, you, you actually come, you are a filmmaker. You directed a film. I read that, uh, and you also have a lot of other interesting things. I mean, you could have done anything. Obviously, in New York, <laughs> you're the, essentially the heart of the world. Why did you choose to get into real estate? You know, I, I, I'll i tell you the story. I, I, I first shot a film in 2006 uh, that did very well, and after that, I took the momentum of that film. I've always, I've, I've always been fascinated with telling stories and bringing paper into life, and uh, 
Uh, in 2007, I went back to Bolivia to shoot another film, and this time I didn't have money to uh, to do it, so I went to different restaurants in New York City asking owners to give me money, not investing on something that was profitable, but investing in someone that eventually will become someone great that can eventually thank them if I ever win the Oscar. That was my pitch at the time. Anyway, so, so I went to shot my second film there, and when I edited it and, and bring it back, I, I hated it. I hated it so much, and it was very personal because I put so much so much heart into it, and it did not come exactly the same way I wanted it. Till this day, nobody has ever seen a cut of that film except myself, because I was the one that did it also. Uh, and at the time, I was living in a, in a French couch at 63rd and West End Avenue on the Upper West Side, and uh, I, I needed I needed a change. And it all started with changing apartments. I couldn't be in a couch anymore because I had three T-shirts and I had to put them on the one little corner so I didn't make too much uh, mess in, in somebody else's place. And I went on Craigslist and I found a, a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. It, the, the title said Philippe Stark, brand new, two-bedroom, two-bathroom in the heart of the financial district for 2400 Well, 2400 is not that bad. I have a twin brother. Maybe we can split it. I will find a job and figure it out. And when I came down to the financial district, I, I went to Wall Street. It was the very first time that I've ever set foot on Wall Street. And, and Wall Street to me was everything that I've seen in movies, uh, you know, a boiler room and Wall Street, and, you know, in general. And, and you know, it was this, it was, there was this, this fire in this, in this district. I went to this apartment, and the apartment was not really a two-bedroom. It was a studio. It was a 475-square-foot studio. But the broker told me that if I put a wall here and a wall there, we'll make it into two bedrooms. It turned out being like 100-square-foot bedrooms. And the price was not really 2400 It was 2800 but it had two months free on the 14-month lease, so nets down to 24 So it was all like a big scam. But for some reason, I fell in love with the apartment, and I said, I'll take it. Uh, then the next part was the thing. I, 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 was unqual- I was not qualified. I didn't have, a, I didn't have a, an income. I didn't have credit. Uh, so at the time, my brother, well, still today, my brother has the same uh, name of my father. And using my, my brother, I don't know how that happened, but my brother was pretty much uh, born in 1947. Which meant my father, you know, he took the first credit card. Uh, he had a Sears credit card in 1971. And uh, so we used that to take a loan. We took a six-month uh, loan. We paid every uh, the six months up front, and we, we got the apartment. And the broker said, listen, you just you just broker your own deal. It, a deal that was pretty much not even not, not able to be, to, you know, nobody else would have made it, and we would have been able to make it happen. But the reality is that I did it because I want, I don't know why. It was a small apartment, but the way it made me feel, I like to surround myself with things that make me feel good. That's that's, I believe, you know, one of the things that I that I constantly do. So it, it was about what it made me feel. So I did whatever I had to do in order to get it. So the broker said, listen, you did all, all this, and I think you'll be good at real estate. And since at the time I was so uh, sad with my movie, I said, listen, this sounds exciting. I was actually excited by my own process of getting my own thing. And I said, let's go. Take, we'll take the license. I took the license, closed my first deal in three days, was able to pay for two months' rent on the, on the spot. And I said, you know what, let's just let's just go at it. And that's how it all started. That's awesome. You know, this is a. I don't ask this question of every uh, every one of you guys that I interview, but it's always interesting when I do. How did you get on the TV show? Um, I, I, I. Till this day, I don't even. I'm not even sure if I know how. I just remember coming out of a showing on on Wall Street, actually, in 55 Wall Street, with a Cipriani residences, and I get a phone call from an A1A number, and there was this uh, this lovely lady. She comes. To, uh, she talks to me. She says, "You know, we're from World of Wonders." Uh, production company in uh, in Los Angeles. We uh, we do a show. It's called Millionaire Listing. Are you familiar with it? I said, well, I don't watch TV, but I I know about the show because it's very popular here in New York. And she's like, well, we're you know uh, one of the cast members is not going to be uh, a part of it anymore, and we're looking for agents. And we heard about you. I have till till this day now. After you asked me this question, I don't really know how they heard about me, but they did. And um, 
And then from there, they uh, they flew in from from Los Angeles and spent two days with me, following me around with my business and my clients. And I think they were also doing that for for a bunch of other agents. Um, and um, you know, at some point, I just we just kept shooting, and I realized that after six months, you know, they never officially told me you're you're in. I just figured, you know, with six months, I don't think nobody would be shooting this guy for six months, and I just throw out the footage, and you know, that was that. What they did, did tell did, me was that uh, when I was when they were picking different brokers, every other broker was very focused on who the other brokers were, were so that they could find a way to do something better than the other people. And what I was doing, I wasn't really paying attention to well who was being, uh, you know, uh, considered. I was just focused on doing the best as, as as I could do because in the end, that's that's as far as I can go. I don't need to look back to see who's actually closer in the race. I just look at the finish line and go after it. And I think that's what they liked, and they, uh, you know, they they casted me. Well, that's fantastic. You know, it has a completely different story than what I've heard from everybody else. I don't know if you knew this, but pretty much everybody else pursued uh, Bravo for a role on the show. Uh, I heard. For having, I heard. Yes. I think you know we we uh, we as people sometimes we we always do the things we think we need to do in order to get whatever we we need to get. But in reality, when we do that, we stop becoming ourselves and we make wrong decisions or we take uh, the wrong approaches at things. I believe that you know there's always there's something unique in each one of us, and if we always take the approach of not what we think we should do but what we believe we need to do, not in, not, for, not for what they expect from us or what we think they expect from us, what we think in our gut we, we, we need to do, we will be able to uh, to stand out. And and that's in any business and life in general. So that's why I think, so, you know. I mean, that, you're, you're, I have two questions that are kind of filling my mind. And by the way, I haven't used one of the questions that I wrote down for you because I love the fact that you're uh, kind of directing here. That's wonderful. Of course, you are a film director, so that doesn't surprise me. Um <laughs> You have incredible energy and enthusiasm, and that is something as real estate coaches that we try to explain to folks that are maybe more introverted by nature that you have to somehow manifest in yourself because people are naturally attracted to folks like yourself who have energy and enthusiasm. So I'm sure you have realtors that come up to you on a regular basis sort of asking for ideas, or and I'm sure you get communicated with a number of different ways. Uh, energy and enthusiasm. If someone doesn't necessarily feel that way, how do they how do they sort of manifest it in themselves, and, and maybe even at the level that you do uh, consistently? I think energy and enthusiasm is not something that's that's created. It's something that comes out naturally, if and only if you're generally interested in what you're really doing. When you're when you're you know when you're playing a game that you like, uh, you're you're not forcing yourself to be enthusiastic about it. You just are. And I feel that instead of people trying to find ways to motivate themselves and instead of just people saying, listen, yeah, I need to be more energetic, and if they start being over-energetic and tired of it and they realize that it's, you know, it's for a certain period of time, I think people should focus before anything in life, focus on getting to know themselves enough to understand what really gets them excited. Uh, because only then it's when you're really going to be, uh, you know, ex- excited about something. I'm, I'm personally excited, not just not real estate, I'm excited about life in general. And it just happens that I chose to do real estate just like I chose to do the director in the past or whatever I choose to do in the remaining of my life. I'm doing it because it's something that excites my, my life. And it, it always becomes a part of, of who I will come become in the future as a man. And uh, and I feel that, you know, sometimes people, 
everybody in the real estate industry uh, comes from from different backgrounds. Everybody does real estate for many different reasons, uh, for money, for connections, for uh, you know, for uh, just now, now especially with the shows, real estate has become very sexy and appealing, and now everybody wants to come into real estate. Uh, but you know, it's it's, uh, it's 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 like any other job. I think uh, everybody. I never aim for money. I would say to to anybody, if the, the moment that you're aiming, that you're you're only seeing that commission, you're going to lose sight of what you're doing, and you may not be creative when it comes down to doing a deal. Because if the deal is about to fall apart, you feel depressed because that commission that you've already put in on your calculator many times before is not going to come. So you start becoming sad and depressive and blaming everybody else but yourself. When you're not thinking about commission and you're authentically excited about this industry, let's say just like a game, you will do whatever it takes to win. And when you're very, when you're in a corner that everything feels that's going to fall to, to fall apart, it's not about the money. It's about it's about the challenge of making it happen. There's always absolutely, and I always believe this so much. There is never a deal that's dead ever. It's dead when you give up, and and that's the excitement of it. And then once you once you finish it, commission happens to come with. And then that's just a bonus. But you've gotten so much more than just that money. I don't know how much money I make. I swear. I get the checks. My assistant gives it to me, puts it in the bank. That's it. At the end of the year when I do taxes. But to me, it's, you know, that's how you become better and better and better because you're really, and that's how you really become energetic and enthusiastic about something. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned, you were telling your story about getting into real estate. You mentioned your three T-shirts on the couch. Tim and I read something interesting about you won a recent award for Best Dressed in New York City. So can you talk a little bit about <laughs> how that's made a difference in your business? Because I have noticed when you're on the show, you always look great, and I, I think that probably has an effect on how you go about your relationships and how it makes you feel and some of that energy and enthusiasm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, you know, I think it all comes down to pretty much the same thing because uh, dressing well I don't dress for what I do, or I don't dress because I need to dress, and I don't dress because I feel that by dressing I will be more credible, or it'll be it'll make me look good in what I do. I feel like I also have an authentic uh, passion for 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 looking great. I feel that you know, for for women it's very unfair because women spend so much time you know looking beautiful and and spending time on taking care of themselves, and most men they they don't. And, you know, they, they throw themselves a T-shirt and they throw themselves a pair of pants. And, you know, like, we, we women deserve to look, to look at very, like, you know, pulled-together men. And I think, uh, you know, I think that's it's, that's a lot about you. It, it, it tells you that, you know, if you if you really are confident in who you are, you want to make sure you look good. I mean, it's, it's a pleasure to look good, not just in, you know, not just in real estate but in anything. And it happened that a real estate is not just a transaction. It's, you know, you're in a social environment. You're always pretty much working. So it does work because it's a pleasure for people to see that the that the person who's representing them is someone that looks sharp and legit and and they they're 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 so proud of talking about my real estate broker. That's the guy that you see coming down on Wall Street who looks like a billion dollars. You know, it, it it's not what my intentions are, but it's exactly what happens as a result. But I am I I believe that everybody should look the best they can and they should take take pride in that. Luis, how do you overcome rejection? You personally, how do you overcome rejection? I love, I love rejection. I love rejection. And I'll tell you why. Because every, every time I do an approach, I already know, I already, listen, every, 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 every approach that you do is going to turn into a yes. But if you, if you, if you know that it's just like, uh, uh, let's say, uh, let me put an example. You have to, uh, uh, I don't even know how to find an analogy, but 
uh, if you already know that you're going to get a no from everybody, then you make, when you make the phone call, you already know that that person is going to say no. So once that's done, then you already understand that the next time it's going to be another no. The third time it's going to be another no. You already know that because you've done it so many times that you actually enjoy it. So now you enjoy it. You know the process. You become like an expert on on on, a, on this kind of approach, which which on, as part of this field, it's the first six no's. And you already know that you have to overcome that and that by persisting. Oh, no matter what I say this. And then you start to know when somebody's already starting to, you know, uh, be feeling comfortable with you. And then you start smiling and you say, all right, this is turning, this is turning. All right, here we go. That's the yes. All right, beautiful. All right, now let's do business. And I feel that that's in life the same thing. When you approach a girl that you've never met, when you're introducing yourself to someone, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not them to blame. We can't blame them for saying no to us. Everybody has their own life. Everybody has their own experiences. So everybody has this wall and protection uh, to commit to someone, especially when in our business we have 300,000 people approaching the same person, and they all sound the same. So obviously they're going to say no. So it's part of the process. Now, when when we understand that, we understand that we need to work a little harder. You know, not say no and then go, you know, and leave. It's not, it needs to happen like that. Because if people wouldn't say no, then I don't even know what this world would have been. So understanding that it's it's uh, and and mastering that, not letting it take it personal, because it is part of the process. Understanding why they say no, it's not because it's, of, it's because of you. It's because they will say no to anybody. Because it's the conditioned response. Know, yeah, it's the conditioned response. I mean, it, it's you know what you're describing is basically it's called the conditioned response. I mean, everyone has it's the natural no. Everybody says it's without thinking about it. It's almost like when someone asks you, "Well, how are you today?" and you say, "Great," and you. I mean, it's it's the conditioned response, yes. and you're right. I love how you're de- I love how you're describing it, Luis, because it's true. And uh, on the other, if, that's if, the if, if, you, if you if you see a, if you see a girl on the bar and you go straight to her without knowing her, he says, uh, "Hi, my name is Luis. Let's okay, let's go home right now." She's gonna say no. It's not because, and then you you can't go until depressed. It's obvious, you know. So, why well, I've, I've been married for yeah. 23 years, so I have absolutely yeah. He's no not idea allowed to go into a bar, but, but we appreciate your analogy just the same. <laughs> But listen, I, th- I think everybody should really, I mean, as, as crazy as it sounds, and maybe people can, can hear it, and it may sound easy. Uh, it's not, but, you know, I think what makes life so interesting is that everything is not easy, because if everything was, we never learn. We don't have any experience, and experience comes from all these hard things that we put into. I think everybody should focus on, on try to, uh, especially in this business, to, to handle rejections, because it's part of everything. And if they learn that, they will not just learn it on the business of real estate. They're learning in the, in the business of life. And then nothing really gets personal to you. And then you understand that it's, not a, it's never about you. And people, it is never about you. You know, especially when they don't even know you. Why would they make it about you if they don't know you? So. It's a great outlook. Well, Luis, so you obviously don't have any issue asking for business. And you're in an incredibly competitive market. Can you share what your three best lead generators are? What would you just never live without in terms of lead generation for you? Uh, I cold call personally. Uh, now, n- now it's become a little bit, you know, I would say not easy, but it's becoming a little bit, uh, you know, when I say my name, most people already know me. So it's, you know, it's I've I've gotten to a point that, you know, I've I've, I've my my name has has grown, and you know, people most people know me. But back in the day, even even if I've never gotten the show, I would have still do it because that's how we started. That's how we still do it today. Nothing has changed. I think cold calling it's uh, it's a great. Uh, it's a great generation lease because you're you're going straight to the source and you know but obviously with uh, and there's I don't believe in pitches uh, written pitches 
because it sounds very robotic. I think everybody is a different person, and that same person is a different person in different days because of different moods. So you just gotta you just gotta open up. Uh, I don't you know that's that's one thing. Uh, socializing. I think uh, why eating you know why I if I'm having lunch usually uh, before I used to go to a very small fast food. Now I go to a restaurant where everybody's it's going to be it's where I know everybody is because. I think real estate is a conversation that is in everybody else's mouth anywhere, regardless of us being in the industry or not. Everybody always talks about real estate. If it's not about television, it's about uh, the real estate in, in different countries. It's about uh, me uh, gushing about my apartment that I just bought last week or you know, the apartment of my of my friend. Oh, I saw my friend's apartment. Everybody's always talking about real estate. So, you know, the more and more you're out there uh, and the more and more people associate you with real estate, when that when you're around and that conversation is there, you're going to be that per, that man or woman that people are going to say, "Listen, we're just talking about real estate," you know, blah blah blah. And I, I think that's also a you know big generation. And third, I think you know you're going out to events. I go out to uh, as many events as possible, getting involved in, co- in the community, charities, uh, and let everybody know. You know what the problem is, and, and I've seen this also with uh, people that've been in the industry for more than ten years. A lot of people in their circles don't know they do real estate. How come you don't? How come you don't tell the world that you are in real estate? You know, uh, and, and if they and if they have a friend uh, that refers them to another realtor, we get angry at them. Why don't you refer it to me? Well, uh, I don't know. You, I, I forgot, and then we blame our friend. No, blame yourself. Let let everybody know that you're in real estate. Everybody, they should know, and you, you they should know, and they should understand how 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 much you love what you do and how involved you are in it. And and then send people things. Tell listen, the market's going crazy. I'm not looking to buy and I'm not saying you this because I'm I'm thinking I think you should know just like you read the papers. But you're hearing it through me. Tell them about let people love this thing. The same way they love to talk about art. So I think that's another one. You've obviously picked up a lot of good training along the way. Coaching, training, things of that nature. How influential have those been on your career? Uh, uh, coaching? See? What I'm I'm sorry, your question again? Uh, coaching and training and uh, mentoring and things of that nature. I mean, you. I can tell by listening to you, you've picked up a lot of good uh, training along the way. How influential uh, has I, that been I, in your if career? If I tell you the truth, I, I've never, I've never went to any training, and I've never coached uh, in my life. Uh, I've had. Well, hold on, hold on, Luis. I'm, <laughs> I, I watched the show the other day, and I watched you use a script, and I know where that script came from. So you did pick up some things along what, the way, what right? Script? But you. The FISBO script. Oh, the that, FISBO that's not a script. It's a FISBO. It's a, it's a list of for sale by owners, and they just have the uh, the uh, the name of the owner and the uh, telephone number and the apartment. And you just no, 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 them. no. Right, right, right. Uh, well, the the point is, is that uh, you. I I get the sense that you are someone who absorbs information from multitudes of sources, and then you personalize that information. Uh, for you, so you're not like yes. necessarily you, you. You've read scripts and you've internalized them, and then you've woven them together so they work for you. That's the that's what I pick up from. Um, no, no, but I, I've I've never um I've never um I've never written scripts before. I I I did once read a script. I saw one guy performing one time. There was this company called I don't want to name the company because they're not in good shape right now. But a company in Wall Street. It's uh it's a stockbroker company, and I remember I had a client there once who took me back to his office at 7 o'clock at night. I walked from this very empty hallway, and the, this glass doors opened up, and there was like 300 brokers, but on fire, screaming at people, 
you know, saying things like, I heard one time somebody said something like, uh, a client asked him, how old are you? He says, I'm twi- I'm half your age, but twice your net worth. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about fucking stocks. It was insane. The type of things like, but, um, but I mean, I, I, I haven't, I, I don't do scripts because I believe in conversations, but I, I guess to tell you, to, to answer your question, I've always tried to surround myself with, with, uh, with great people. I don't have friends. I tell you the truth. I don't be. I don't. I'm not a part of a group. I, I. I don't belong to a group. I just. I'm just welcome in many of them. And even you know, as, as sad as this may sound, sometimes, it, even even close friends to you that are not bringing anything of value to your table, you should not keep around. And I believe that by only surrounding yourself uh, with great people, that's really mentoring yourself and learning from them and once you've, you've, you've stepped up into a different way and people are not evolving with you you should move to other other circles of people or other individuals that are always higher than you and always you can always you know you don't even have to ask them questions you can only just learn from so I think it's very important uh, to me who am I surrounding uh, who am, who's my who's surrounding me so well I guess yeah, you know, that, that's, that's how a- I learned yeah, that's an excellent point, you know, because there's been lots of studies done on successful people, and it's one of the ones that I always remember was you essentially will be uh, you will earn as much as the average of your three closest friends, right? So the people you surround yourself with, if they're just mediocre earners, or if they're just mediocre at their careers, or if they're not being very successful and driven, then chances are you won't be either, because it sort of washes off, you know. And I appreciate yeah, and you, you know it that, brings you back. It holds you back. Not, not just people that are not uh, successful in their career, but negative people. You don't want to surround yourself with people that are constantly talking about other people or constantly uh, talking bad about life in general. I hate my job. I hate the people that I work with. It's always your fault. Really, whether you want it or not, so you, you always want to surround yourself with, with people that, are, that have a good outlook and things, that are optimistic, that are they're not you know sad because something fell through. Listen, it all happens because we all learn from those things. So. I think it's, you know, for everybody that's listening, if you have somebody in your life right now that you feel that's holding you back, just let it go. And, you know, they'll they'll blame you for it. They say, oh, now you're becoming this and you're leaving you behind. It's not like that. It's not really personal. It's But you have to be, you have to work for you. And you have to, you know, just like you, sometimes you're valuable to someone and they keep you around. And when you're not, they lose you the same in your life when it comes to others, except family. So you're obviously becoming a famous uh, TV star, you're, uh, I, hopefully you're going to be getting more and more business as a result of the work you're doing on the TV show. Um, and you have incredible energy and enthusiasm, there's no doubt about it. So what are the biggest misconceptions that folks have about top producers, or maybe if you want to make it personal, have about you? Biggest misconceptions? The biggest misconception is, um, um, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily say about top producers. I say in 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 general, in our industry, uh, people are very afraid of uh, – people have this bad, bad taste about brokers. Uh, and the reason I think as to that is because, you know, it's, and it depends on, on where on what state. But, you know, in New York City, it's very simple to get a real estate license. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a month course and then two, two, two tests that are very simple. So you don't, need, you don't really need to have any, any sort of uh, education or anything. You just have to have the age, pass the test, that's it. Uh, so because of that, a lot of people are coming to the industry for the wrong reasons. And, you know, they see that their friend just did a sale for, for I don't know, for $6 million, and they got a, a $150,000 commission and say, oh, no, you know, he just did that in one day. I, I could do this. So everybody's coming because of that. Uh, and and now you're, you're, this industry is full of 
people who are just not doing the right job. They're just, you know, they're just showing apartments and, you know, with everybody can actually do. I don't need anybody to take me to tell me where the kitchen is because I can clearly see it. So it become, and then, you know, there's shady stuff and, you know, people are just thinking of money, 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 money. And they, they, they give a bad reputation for the people who actually work great. But in reality, a good realtor is just the same as a good accountant or a good attorney. The realtor is someone that understands and, and has knowledge of the market, understands the insights of the market, uh, things that are uh, that are off market that know every building left and right, know every person that owns that, so that when somebody tells them I'm looking for this, oh, I got this neighbor Jones, he just bought this. Someone that really has the insight, someone that it's real as a real work and a real job. And sometimes that's a misconception that they have about real estate. At least that's what I feel. Not just top brokers. I mean, in general. Well, you, you're touching on something that's really critical, and I appreciate you saying it. You're basically drilling down on the fact that having market knowledge and having a real expert level of market knowledge is really important because, after all, that is your job, to know the product that you're selling. And yet there's so many agents out there, and you just said it, Louise, who basically don't take the time to know their market and are only focused on basically a short-term you know, 30- or 60-day paycheck. How long did it take for you to feel confident in your job? Um. That's a good question. Uh, at first, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't. At first, it was not really. I didn't see it as a career. I saw it as something exciting. Um, and you know, and I still do. But you know, the, with time, I, it, it has become a, uh, my career. And you know, but I see. I, I could say that probably two two and a half years in in my in the business. You know, I was I was always I was always great at what I did, but I knew I could be greater. And the way I was, you know, I was, I was about it in the beginning. Uh, there was, I, I needed to start delegating and and, be, and building a team. And then at first I built the team, but the team fell apart because I was never there. I was, I'm not never. I was not always there. And I realized that, you know, you as a leader, you have to always be on top of everybody. You have to, you have to, you're the source of motivation for them. And you know, it, 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 it's, it's, this is business that we, you know, you don't. You, you need to uh, 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 self-teach yourself to organize yourself and to understand a business. I, I didn't come from a business background. I never graduated, so I never had. A, I never knew how to run a business. So I had to learn as I as I went. And I, at first, I realized I was spending too much because I, I thought I was making much. And then I lost. And then I came back. And then I tried to have a, a team never worked out. And I tried to partner with somebody that never worked out. I had an assistant, and then that assistant realized that I was never there, so she was wasting time. So I went through all of this stuff, and I went from company to company. I've been in uh, one, two, three, four, five, six companies. I've been to places, and I've I've seen the ups and downs and falls. And at some point, you mature, and you you start to understand what really needs to be done in order to to keep not just uh, a successful business, but you know something that lasts and that grows. And um, so that it's, I would say about two and a half years into into it. What, did, what would you say, I mean, you've been through a lot listening to, you know, the the uh, development of your business and all of the different companies, et cetera. What would you say has been the biggest challenge between when you started and where you are today? You know, I think everything is always, it, it is, sometimes it's, it's uh we we always think that we know specific things, but even though we've done it many times before, every time keeps from being new. I feel that sometimes when you and this doesn't happen to me anymore, but it used to happen to me when I was in real estate, uh, you know, full time, and then I took a month off. 
and then I went back to it, it almost felt like I was never doing real estate for the. It almost felt back like it, it feels that it's something that you you gain and the experience that you earn by only constantly being in the business all the time. And I feel like, you know, now it's different because, you know, I'm, now I'm very experienced and I, I understand things, but especially, you know, the market changing every every single time. I feel like, you know, when people do this part-time, they, it's, it always comes back to us. So I think that's, that's always, that was always a challenge to, like, being on the business and, and being able to do this so many times that eventually became became second nature. Because sometimes I always had that struggle in the very beginning where I was very confident at some point and then I was not and then I was and then I was not. But, you know, I'm glad that I went through all of that because it was ne- it was necessary for me to now understand, uh, you know, what I've, what I've, what I've earned. Mm-hmm. Did that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of agents, when they hear your energy and enthusiasm and how much you've got going on now – they're going to wonder about your balance between life and work and family. And I think sometimes <laughs> agents say, well, God, you know, he must be burned out all the time. How do, can you talk a little bit about your belief in balancing everything out and how you handle all of those different parts of your life? Um, I, uh, I've, I was never a believer in balance. I understand that it's very important. Uh, you know, my personality, the way I like to live life is to live life to the extreme. I do understand However, I'm a rational, I'm a rational person. I do understand that that is not the best way to live life. But I choose to live it like that because to me it's exciting, and I'd rather live an exciting life than something that that you know that 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 should be the way I should live. Maybe that'll 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 come back to me in the future. But I love, I like it. You know, I, I die tomorrow, guys, and I will be the the the, the happiest man in the world, and I, I enjoy that. But I, but right now I have no kids, I have no girlfriend, I have no pets. Uh, my only responsibility is my mortgage and my cell phone. Um, so right now, I I enjoy this. I enjoy what I do. So I'm I'm working until very late. But uh, I'm a family man. I come from from uh, from a great family, and I, I come from uh, from great values. And I do uh, I do want to create. I do want to have a little Louise running around. So eventually, <laughs> I want to <laughs> because I want to I want to be able to teach everything that I that I've been through to. Uh, to the only person that I would really truly want to teach this to, which is you know my kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I understand at some point I have to you know get a balance. But I believe to answer your question that the best way to start balancing your life is to start delegating and building a team of people that can that that are qualified people that can do what you you know what you what you what you normally do, and that your only job at some point uh, starts uh, starts becoming about generating business, uh, giving face and over and overseeing. As opposed to just being, you know, show 15 apartments a day, or have nine clients have no life. So I think anything in life, uh, as you grow, you delegate, and you, you know, you have people that are learning as they go uh, through you and with you, and they take care of other things. So they, that way, you know, I have time for uh, for for my family, and they won't have time for their family. But it's part of, until they become to a point that they can do the, the things on their own, grow with me, or take their own their own journeys. And, you know, I think that's that's how I plan to do it. Sure. Makes sense. What is the next level in your business? Where do you see yourself six months, six years? What's next? I uh, Well, right now I'm doing a lot of public speaking, which I, I, I personally enjoy. Uh, and But in, in real estate, I am, I am I'm going into new developments now, which is, uh, you know, I think where, where I, I'm very excited to work because, you know, as opposed to uh, do resales, uh, new developments, you get to, be a part of the process from the moment a developer buys the land to the moment that, you know, uh, the offering plan is written to, you know, up to choosing what layouts work for that specific neighborhood, pricing units, uh, the marketing uh, part of it, 
uh, creating the perception of that brand to the moment that it starts selling to the moment that the uh, developer is extremely happy with your work and wants to give you the next project. And then eventually becoming a developer. Wow, I don't need <laughs> You never know. Okay. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. So this oh, is always the question I like to end interviews with because it's interesting how folks answer it. And the question is, is why you, Luis Ortiz? Why you? Uh, why are you so successful in a market that's so competitive? I have to be the most competitive real estate market in the world. I can't imagine one more competitive than, you know, luxury real estate in New York City. And and why you during a time when we're coming out of what was I'm sure will be remembered as a great recession of our time of our lifetimes. Why have you been so successful? While so many other agents have uh, have struggled. I tell you the truth, I think it, it all comes back to many of the things that I said in, in our conversation. I have, and, and, and also it comes back to probably the, the reason why I was, I was chosen in this, in this show. Uh, it's a competitive market, but in reality, it's, it is competitive because everybody's looking out to the competition. They're trying to become better than the next person. When in reality, you only have as much as you have to bring. So I think the only competitor in this world is not the market, it's you. So if you focus on what, whatever you need to do in order to become greater and greater every single day without looking at what's next to you, you will automatically succeed in this or any other market in the world. And that's why I think I've, I've succeeded because I, my only focus is how much I can bring to myself in order to grow. And, and that eventually leads to you know, people admire you or respect you or open doors for you because you're not, you're not focused on, 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 on necessary things. You know, I get along with everybody. I think everybody is an important part of the process. I think everybody is valuable when they are. And I, and I believe that, you know, that we can orchestrate things in order to make deals happen. I don't just have one way to make a deal. Every deal is different. I choose whoever I need to, 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 to bring a part of the deal in order to make it happen. And I just look at, I just look at it like that. And I feel that that's, that's why I'm able to sleep at night and that's why I'm able to, to, to be happy all the time and, and to be excited about my job. So not focused on necessary stuff it just brings me down. This is not a competitive market. You make it a competitive market, but in reality, it's your best competitor is yourself, and that's how I, I choose to see it. And it's the truth. I mean, that is the bottom line, really, because you can't really do anything to uh, do anything about the other person that you're competing yeah. against for the listing or whatnot, but you can make yourself, you know, be more energetic, enthusiastic, make yourself look better, you know, be better educated, have your mindset in the right place. And, and Louise, I am 100% positive that you will be as successful in your career and your life as you choose to be, because clearly, you know, you've got what it takes. So, Louise, for those um, agents listening now and in replay that want to send you referrals, how might they do so? Uh, well, they can. They can. Uh, I'm going to give my email down. I mean, you can you can Google my name, and it'll come into the Douglas Element page. I think that's the first one that comes out, and then you'll see, you know, you see all my information. But my email is it's L as in Louise. D as in Daniel, Ortiz, O-R-T-I-Z, at element.com, E-L-L-I-M-A-N.com. And then I have, uh, I, I do have a referral, uh, uh, I, have, I have a referral section of my, of my business that I, you know, I handle and I give back, you know, to other agents outside because I do get a lot of business outside of New York that I can't handle uh, because I'm not there and I don't know those markets. So I always have, you know, I'm, I'm still looking out for great go-to people in different states that I can send business to because I do get a lot of business, especially from the show. People want me to sell their houses in Nebraska, and I, you know, I can't, I can't do it. You know, no. And they say, "Listen, well, you come here, you take, you, you take pictures, we give the listing." I said, "It's not about that. It's just I can't do it." You know, so. 
That's funny. Well, Louise, listen, I really appreciate you being uh, on today's radio show. I certainly appreciate your time. Uh, keep up the fantastic work, my friend. And, you know, I I really hope you get into the development. I know you will because that is perfect, <laughs> a perfect venue for your, create, for your artistic bent because you really are at your heart an artist. And to get yes, in there on I the am. development stage of things, oh, I know, it's perfect for you. So that's definitely the direction I'm sure you'll head. And uh, then you can start listing the, uh, you know, $175 million buildings that sell out in two months. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you'll see. You have to see season four. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll put that intention out there for you. So, Luis, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. My pleasure, too. Have a fantastic weekend. And everyone else, thank you for listening. And if you obviously want to get in contact with Luis, you can do so as he's described in today's radio show. In the meantime, everyone have a great weekend, and we'll talk with you next week. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.